Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha of this year, where we talk the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We have made it, we have come to my favorite Parsha in the Torah. Very much biased because it is my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. Woohoo! For this week, we are in Parsha Vayachi. Some of the most interesting things happen in this parsha. We have lots of brachos being given, and we should all be zochah to always have brachos. We have the last will and testament kiviyachal of Yaakov Lahavdil. We also have the last will and testament kiviyachal Lahavdil of David Hamelach in the Haftorah. Also, one of my favorite Haftorahs being the Haftorah I did for my bar mitzvah. I find it very powerful as well. And we come to the end of Yaakov's life, and they say that he. The sages say that metaphorically he didn't die because it doesn't use the word dying. It says that he expired at a good old age. But um, in any essence, the parasha comes and really talks about really the last will of the third patriarch of the Jewish people, the third of the forefathers of the Jewish people. Yaakov comes and he's the first one that ever gets sick because the commentators point out that Yaakov said, how am I going to know when I could give over my charges, my brachos to my children. Please, Hashem, allow me to become ill. And it says, it happened after uh, after these things, what happened? That he got sick. Behold, your father is ill. From Perak Memchet Pasik Alf. Never before had there been someone that got sick. When when, ya- when Yaakov got sick, it allowed Yosef to run back with his children and get the famous blessing of uh, Hamal Chagolasi. And we actually have it literally in the Parsha, literally in the middle of the of the Parsha. We see this wonderful, wonderful bracha, and he said, and he and and you have the the psukim hamalach hagawelosi mikolra yivarech asanerim mikareva em shemivishem avosayavrami yischak vigula rov vikaravaretz. It's literally in the Parsha that Yaakov gives the bracha to Menashe and Ephraim. And he blesses them that the angel, the Malach, Hashem's presence that watched me, redeemed me from all bad, should bless these children. And it should be called in my in, in the name, in the name of my forefathers, our music should be on there, and they should grow abundant in the world. How wonderful that it is that bracha that's there. And you know, we bless after the children Menashe and Ephraim. Why those two people? The commentators point out, Rabbi Arsko points out also, because all the other children, the Shvatim and the children before that, they grew up in Israel. They came later to Mitzrayim at the end. But Menashe and Ephraim were born in exile in Gullis, and they had to learn how to contend. They were the only Jews in Mitzrayim with Yosef and Asnas, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So that's the model to be blessed after because we too are in exile. Mashiach and the third base sphincters is not back. So who a better role model than Masha and Ephraim? And they're getting blessed by their grandfather here. It's interesting that it, they're talking about coming close. People imagine these kids on the knees of, of Yaakov. You know they were like 30 years old probably at this point because it's already much later. Assume that they were born during the years that Yosef did not meet the brothers yet. And this is already 17 years later because we know that he's 130 when it comes to four we know he dies at 147, so 17 years later, so at least the children are in their 20s, if not 30s, and we think about them being these little, little lads, but they're probably grown men, and he's still blessing them, and he brings them close, and we think about how each child comes before Yaakov, 
And Yaakov gives, gives each child their own mission. And that's the point in life. We each have our own mission as well. Yaakov says, I'm about to tell you the end of days. Hashem took it away from him. And he couldn't tell them. But there are allusions to it. He talks about Reuven being the first, the strength, the firstborn, foremost in rank. And then he mentions about the, the sin he had. But Shimon and Levi are strong. And they're, they have weaponry. He doesn't want to be involved in that. And uh, he curses their anger, but not themselves. And that's a lesson in and of itself. Don't hate people. You can hate their decisions or disagree with their decisions, not be happy with their decisions or with their politics or their viewpoints or their religiosity. But don't hate the person themselves. Even Yaakov, who was very upset at Shimon and Levi's handling of the Shechem situation, decimating all the males of the city, he didn't curse them. What does he say in the Pasuk? In Zion, he says, Aror, Aror, Apam ki azeversam ki Yisrael. He doesn't curse them. Accursed is their rage. Cursed is their anger. Not cursed are they. Cursed is their rage. Cursed is their anger. And that's how we have to differentiate between people and their actions. You could disagree with people. You could disagree with their actions. You could be very upset or disgusted with actions, but don't hate the person. A person is the sum of many, many actions, many, many attributes, many, many qualities. 1% of their whole being does not equal their whole being. And that's like judging people based on a disability. Don't judge them based on this disability. It happens to be a person, person first language, happens to be a person that uses a wheelchair, not a wheelchair-bound person. Also here, you separate a person from their actions, a person from their rage. The person is not their rage. Their rage is something that's not good, but he separates them, and then he literally separates them and disperses them throughout Israel. Levi doesn't have their own territory. They have the Levite cities. And Shimon also is dispersed within Yehuda's territories. Shimon has territories throughout the, 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 the province of Yehuda. So that's interesting also. Yehuda, of course, he goes on to talk about how he's a lion and he's going to have the, the scepter. He's going to have the, the, the ability to be the person that has the, the malchus based of it. Even though it starts from Benjamin, it starts from Shaul, then it's taken away from Shaul and, original, and really goes through David and then Shlomo. And then we have the break off of the, the shift day of, uh, of Yisrael and the shift day of Yehuda, the Malchus, Yehuda, Malchus, Yisrael. Of course, the, the civil splitting up the, the ten tribes versus the two tribes, but there was always a king for Yehuda and it went all the way down until the end. And God willing, we should be zuchy that it comes back again. And he talks about how it's going to be the coming of, uh, of, of Shimshon allusion to him later on. Zavulin is by the sheep, the sea. We think about the ship. You know, each shavit had its own insignia, its own color of flag and, and its own symbol. Its own logo, if you will, a havdal, very interesting. Yisachar, you think about the donkey, strong and pleasant, and you think about Dun is also going to avenge his people. Excuse me, Shimshon comes from Dun. Sorry. Shimshon comes from Dun. He's serpent on the highway, viper, and his rider is going to fall backwards. And for his salvation, he prays that Shimshon will be successful and God is someone that will be a regiment and retreats on the heel. You think about God. You think about the fact that God is going to be someone that is strong. God will return safely in the same roads and paths upon which he traveled, and no one will be missing. Naphtali is someone very fast. Naphtali himself had to run when Yaakov was being escorted to be buried later on in the Parsha. And the, the, the Medrash and the commentators point out that Asaph was blocking the way. Chushim, the son of Dun, the, uh, Chushim, I believe the son of Dun, was, was infuriated, didn't understand what's happening. Naphtali ran back to Mitzrayim to get the deed that shows that Yaakov was allowed to be buried in Barat HaMachpelah. But Chushim, who was not 
of hearing. He was deaf, was furious at the affront to the dignity of Yaakov. He literally chops off the head of Esav. And Esav's head, they say, is a machpelah. And then it goes back to the curse uttered by, unwittingly uttered by Rivka back in the day. Why should I be bereaved of both of you on the same day? The commentators point out that actually Esav and Yaakov were buried on the same day. Interesting tidbit about that. So we know Naftali is very fast. He's like a deer. And that's probably his insignia. Yosef is charming. Yosef has the chain, the ability. He had difficulties, but he ended up being top to the line. He ended up being able to go ahead and be able to go through the fourth of the power to, to lead the Mitzrayim out of its famine and to be able to take care of the world. And we know that Binyamin is a wolf. And he is strong also. And each of these Shvatim are given different abilities, given different blessings, given different things that they're supposed to do, their missions in life. And of course, the, the Parsha goes on that Yosef takes care of Yaakov and brings him up with the, with the brothers and goes to bury him. And then he comes back and he, and he explains that you're going to be redeemed at the end of the day. And these are the words that you'll know, Pakodiv Code. It's like a magical formula that when Moshe will come and redeem the people, they actually hear this from him. And then, of course, we end off the Parsha Chazak, Chazak, Benes Chazak. But the main idea, I think, to think of is that there's literally last will and testament over here, Lahavda, that Yaakov charges his children with different unique aspects of being involved in the Jewish people. And David also involves in teaching Shlomo what to really take care of. Shlomo was only about 12 years old when he took over, very, very young, but everyone accepted his ascendancy, obviously not Adoniah, who tried to usurp David. Of course, Avshalom also tried to usurp him, but that did not end well for him. But here, in the Haftorah also, David teaches what to do. You have to follow Hashem, walk in His ways, follow His commandments, follow the Torah. That's a real spiritual will to leave to your children. Make sure to follow the will of Hashem and make sure to take care of those who took care of me. Barzillai stood by me in my difficult period when Avshalom tried to mess over Dovin. It was a very long period. It was a couple of months, I believe, even longer. And he said, make sure to take care of him. And then he, t- he, t- he tells Shlomo to take care of Yoav, to, to take care of Shimi ben Gero, who messed over, you know, David, when he, when he was cursing him in public, and he says to Shlomo to take care of them, and then David goes and is buried. The question is, in the Haftorah at least, we understand about following the commandments, that is the spiritual life force, that is our life force, we have to follow the Torah. Understood, to be kind to those who take care of you, especially in your difficulty, it's a basic Jewish value, Rabbi Artskul in the notes point out, to have gratitude, to have a karsatov. But what is the deal with Yoav and Shimi, why is that in his last will? Because it may be they have to deal with character traits such as treachery, loyalty, and duplicity. You have to be strong with the way of Hashem, with the will of Hashem, not to allow these character traits to stay. Treachery is not allowed. Duplicity is not allowed. Loyalty has to be emphasized. Don't let people take advantage just because you have a certain power. Yoav was one of the most powerful people in the kingdom of David. He was the general. And Shimi was technically his teacher in some ways, the commentators point out. But Shlomo had to take care of it. And that's the point of the parsha and the Torah, among many other things. We see so many brachos. We see so many spirituality things. We see so much that has to be involved. And we too need to leave over for our children, for those around us, what to do. What is our last will and testament after 120 years? What do we want our children to do? What do we want them to be involved in? What should be their capabilities? What should be involved for them? 
After 120 years, nothing stays with us materialistically. No house, no car, no goods can come with us. All that comes with us is the Torah, the mitzvahs, the chesed, the shame tov. For our children, we leave over. What do we tell them throughout life that they should be ingrained after 120 that they realize is important? Taking care of others and kindness and being mekadashim shemayim, being involved in learning Torah and teaching Torah, being involved in doing many mitzvahs and chesed and Torah for those around us. And that we learn from Yaakov, leaving over to his children. Every child, every person, every soul in the Jewish people has a unique aspect, a unique mission. I can't do what Shlaimi can do. Shlaimi can't do what Chalami can't do. And Chalami can't do what Shlomo can do. Everyone has to do their own mission, their own purpose. And we have to be involved in making sure to take care of whatever we need to take care of. Every shavit has a mission. Every person in a shavit has a mission. It's like a spokes of a wheel. Each spoke is important to the integrity of the wheel. And the people in the ship, every person is important in the ship. If someone makes a hole under their part of the ship, the ship will sink. Every person is like an appendage, a limb to the Jewish people. The Jewish people is like a whole human and each person contributes to the limb of the people. Every limb is important. Every cell is important. Every single person has a mission, a unique purpose. When we think about the last will, quote-unquote, of David and Melach, one of the great greatest characters in Jewish history, a big role model for me, had a very difficult life, but he was a very interesting character. And of course, Yaakov is a role model too, and Yitzchak and Avram are one of my favorite, Eliyahu, all these different people. They did such interesting things in their life, and what are the things they leave over for those around us? What are those things that they think about and talk about at the end of their life? Yaakov gets sick, Davka to be able to teach people, and we know if we ever have a uh, uh, something that happens to us, Lolino. You know, if we ever get sick or hurt, it's Hashem metaphorically poking us, telling us what you're going to do now, what are you going to do now, what are you going to think about, what are you going to analyze and try to do better. We shouldn't have to be hurt or ill in some way to be able to better ourselves, especially in the good times. Think about thanking Hashem and doing for Hashem and emulating Hashem, being Mekad Hashem Shemayim. What can we do to help out those around us? As we think about Yaakov, the story ending with Yaakov and, and the Shvatim and moving over to the story of Moshe and the Jewish people, what can we do? What can we think about? What is going to be our lasting imprint on the world? We each have our dollar almost to contribute, to do, to do good things in the world, to do amazing things in the world. As we think about this, one of my favorite, favorite Parshas, probably my favorite Parshas we began off saying, because it is my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. No, I don't remember what I spoke about for my Bar Mitzvah speech many, many moons ago. I'm in my low 30s now, and the Bar Mitzvah is when you're 13, so 20 plus years ago, I don't remember what I spoke about. No, but I can tell you this year, what I'm thinking about is how we leave over, what we leave over for the kids around us, the kids after us. After 120 years, we should be Zoha. What is the will of your children? What is the spiritual will and the physical will of your children? What are they going to do to make a difference in the world? What do you tell them is important? What do you show them is important? And what you do is more important than what you say because words can go in one ear, out of the other. And when as the little kids like we do, knows that anything you say goes in one ear, out the other. But what you do, oh man, Abba cooks for people all the time. Oh man, Abba gives to people all the time. You know, lending books and lending food and lending toys and giving clothing, showing children what is important. That could be our last will. And after they grow up, when they grow up, we could see what their fundamental aspect can be as they grow and blossom and find their own unique purpose, their unique mission in this world, using your qualities, your capabilities, using your talents. Don't waste your talents. If you're meant to work with trains, I always say don't work with animals. If you're meant to be something with your voice, use your voice. If you're meant to do something with kids, do something with kids. Use your purpose. Every purpose, every shaven. As we see in Vayachi, Zavulun was at the sea. If they would have been in the fields, that would have been a waste because they are seafarers, they are sea traders. And Shimon is supposed to be in 
Yisachar is supposed to be in the study hall. Yisachar and Zulon had this symbiotic relationship. One would work and one would learn. And that's what we have to learn. So as we see each person, a different shape, it has a different quality. Each one has a different, unique aspect. So too in our own lives, we should think how we each have a different aspect, a different mission. What is the last will, the last word you're going to leave over after 120 years? When they look at your actions, they look at what you do, and it's more important than what you say. And as we think of what each person does and how Yaakov talks to each of the Shvatim, and he talks to Menashe and Ephraim, who become the double portion for Yosef, and the travels throughout the desert, that's the idea also. And David leaves over in the Haftar as well for Shlomo to think about the main aspects of what's important in our life. So think about what the will of yourself and your children will be throughout your life and after your life. And hopefully we can make a difference in this world and hopefully finally be able to see Mashiach made speedily come speedily in our day. And may that day be today. Join us next time as we talk on the TTP about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I am your host, Tani.